Welcome to the first episode of Queens of the Drone Age for 2023. My name is Tegan Jones, and with me are my fellow queens who I am so excited to be back with, Angharadio. You say it's our first episode when, in fact, I did declare that I spotted a little something that got released earlier than this. A little something something, a little announcement that people might have noticed, or maybe not, but first... Ray Johnston. Hello, that's me. And Amanda Yo. Hi, that's me. Now, if you did miss this thing that Rad was very subtly pointing to, <laughs> I won't give away all of the details here, but the TLDR is that we've just launched a Patreon and a brand new weekly Queen's newsletter and a Discord to go with it. So go back, check out that little announcement episode because we love your downloads and it counts to our monthly quota. So (laughs) (laughs) go and get it. (laughs) But most importantly, go and check out the Patreon and consider becoming a patron so that we can keep doing what we're doing, please. Absolutely. (laughs) We need popcorn. We need to feed Rad specifically popcorn. (laughs) Now, Queens, it has been a good month or so since we recorded. Now, I won't pretend we haven't seen each other, but we've not sat behind mics and talked about tech for a while. So I simply must know what you have all been up to and playing with and doing and nerding out over. I got the best fridge in the world. (laughs) That's a big call, Ray. That's a very big call. Right. And I don't know, man. There's a lot of fridges out there. Big talk from Ray. I got the best fridge I've ever had. The kind of fridge that you... That you don't find on the side of the road. <laughs> you know, right? I'll get, I didn't get it off Facebook Marketplace. No one had owned it before me. This was a brand new fridge that I purchased myself. You very quickly reframed those expectations. <laughs> that was a good 180 there. Well, it feels like the best fridge in the world for me. I've got the <laughs> LG InstaView refrigerator. Oh my God. It's 847 litres. It doesn't just have doors that open at the top part of the fridge, like two doors that open up and two doors that open up for the freezer at the bottom. It's got an additional fifth door that you can open to access things in the door. Where does that live? It's so cool. That's so, like I've got all like my drinks and condiments and things that I need to grab quickly, just like in the fridge door. Why does your fridge sound like a five-door sedan? Because it is. It's it's a hatchback, pretty much. (laughs) Ray bought a hatchback as a fridge. (laughs) Where is this elusive fifth door? Where is this what I'm going to now call the boot door? It's at the back. You can't get to it. (laughs) (laughs) The boot door is on the right-hand side. It's the upper right-hand side door. And you press a little latch underneath and open it up and just the glass itself is peeled back so that you can access your drinks. So let me make sure that I've got this correct. It's a French door configuration. Yes. And the fridge section is on the upper side of the fridge. Correct. Freezer at the bottom. That already to me is quite fancy because I'm a old school freezer at the top girl. Oh yeah. And also left hand side, like two doors. What? And we've got five, like two fridges, but also apparently seven fridges or whatever (laughs) is happening. (laughs) It's like having two fridges that have been merged together, like 
Frankenstein together. Exactly. I love it so much. But when you open both doors, you can use the full length, right? There's no like dividing middle wall. There is a dividing middle wall in the freezer. Oh. So the freezer is in two big sections. But not in the fridge. No, the fridge is one big open spacious loveliness. So that fifth door though, it doesn't just open to reveal drinks. It is an opaque glass that when you knock on it, <laughs> it becomes clear and you can see what's hiding behind it. F- off. <laughs> that is the fanciest thing I've ever heard in my life. I must simply glance upon my beverages. <laughs> I must bear witness to my spicy water. It's amazing. <laughs> Does the glass actually change opacity or is it like a light comes on and it's two-way glass and therefore you can see through it? So it's actually a new type of glass that has been developed in the last few years. So when electricity is applied to it, the glass becomes opaque. So when you're tapping on it, it must be like turning it off. That must be what's happening. I'm going to dig into this deeper though, and I'm going to do like a full tech version for the newsletter, I think. Oh, the one that you can subscribe to for $5 a month. That one? (laughs) Yeah, that one. (laughs) Great. Over on our Patreon. Good one. Yeah. See, I don't know about this fridge. This sounds like the hubris of man to me. No, I tell you what this is. You moved into a witch's house, Ray, because I've seen that garden. And then it came with a witch fridge. This is what happened. You're a, you're a kitchen witch now. Can I tell you my other really fancy feature that I love in this fridge? Yes, please. It makes three types of ice. <laughs> oh. oh, my God. <laughs> Ray is going to become those people on TikTok that do ice restocks. With like 17 (laughs) different types of ice. Yes. Each in their own perfect container. I don't even need to because it all does it automatically. It's got the full ice dispenser at the front. So it does water, it does cubes, it does crushed ice. And then three times in a 22-hour period, a perfectly clear ball of ice drops into a special reservoir in the freezer. Whiskey ice. Oh, my God. Wait. (laughs) Is it actually perfectly clear? We're going to need to see pictorial proof. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're going to need this for the show notes and the newsletter. Definitely. $5 a month. Yep. Stop (laughs) it. It is perfectly clear and it is because it's been designed to be perfectly clear because freezing ice really slowly means all the bubbles can escape so that you get that higher clarity, really super clear ice. So it's designed to only make those three balls every 22 hours and it stores 30 balls of ice. (laughs) I like that you know exactly how many balls it drops within like a 22-hour period, like you're tracking its bowel movements. Do you think I'm not collecting data on this fridge? Because you don't know me very well if you think I'm not. (laughs) No, I just like how much you delight in it. Oh, I love it so much. And it's got another feature that I need more for myself, which is a self-care mode. (laughs) It's got a button that literally says self-care, but it's got a UV light built into the water dispenser. (gasps) Yeah, so... It cleans inside the water nozzle. It's a UV nano feature. The claim is 99.9% of bacteria from the water nozzle. And it automatically does it 
for 10 minutes every hour if you press the self-care mode. <laughs> oh, my God. I wish I had a self-care mode. Yeah, I, I want UV lights to clean my pipes. <laughs> <laughs> I just need more self-care. I don't need it specifically to be UV light in my pipes. <laughs> Imagine if you could do all your self-care just by pressing a button. Oh, wouldn't it be great? Aside from the exceptionally, upsettingly fancy features that this fridge seems to have, mm-hmm. how is it just as a normal fridge? How's those frost levels going? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> D- doesn't keep anything cold. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's decorative. I'm sorry. No, it's it's working beautifully well. I've had it installed for a couple of weeks. I did need to get it plumbed in, which was a new experience, a very scary one, having someone drill holes in your floor and in your cupboards so that they can run pipes. But no, it's been working exactly as anticipated and I haven't needed additional space. I love this fridge so much, you guys. I really love it. I like how you're like, well, it sure is a fridge. It works as a fridge. I think we've got to be gone a bit beyond like, oh, it sure is a fridge when there's like magic electricity, <laughs> UV ball <laughs> things happening. I like the idea of it simply not working well because Raiders keeps opening it to look at it. <laughs> so it's not cooling anything down. She doesn't need to. She can just knock on the front. I can just knock on the front and go, gee, it's pretty. Look at all the space it has. It's got a retractable shelf in it so that you can stand really tall things up and like put your big stock pots in it and everything. Oh, that's so useful. Whenever I make like a cookie batter that needs to be chilled, I have to like move the shelves, like take them out and such. Yeah. You don't need to do any of that in this. I adore it. I really do. It was worth the, oh gosh, like really ridiculous price tag. (laughs) How much, Ray? How much did you pay for the, for the witch fridge? (laughs) So... I will make a disclaimer that I actually got this far cheaper because I had to buy a bunch of appliances all at once and there was a special deal going where if you ported your number over to Telstra, you got 1500 bucks off. There was a whole thing, but the recommended retail price on it is $4,978. I mean, that seems oh. about right for a witch fridge, honestly. Excuse me? I kind of expected that to be on. I'm like, oh. it's got a 10 year warranty. So I will be getting every ounce of those 10 years out of it and then some. I will learn how to repair this fridge. This is the fridge I will die with. <laughs> what is the energy efficiency rating on this fridge? Do you know? It has a 3.5 star energy rating, which isn't the best, but. It's not the worst either. But also you have solar power, right? So there is that. Yeah. So my fridge is basically running for free during the day. And people who are buying five grand fridges don't care about paying their electricity bill. I can tell you that much. I don't know about that. (laughs) (laughs) It sounds like she made a good choice for her at home setup. Absolutely. And, you know, I keep on thinking about like you saying that you got it a bit cheaper because, you know, you had to buy new stuff. I just love this image of you just like rolling up to something like good guys or whatever and just making some person's absolute day. Oh, yeah. Totally. (laughs) Totally. Yeah. Shout out to uh, James at The Good Guys in Blacktown. (laughs) Thanks, mate. We love you, James. The tech I've been playing with is way, way less fancy. It's a free app. Not five grand. (laughs) 
<laughs> Ray's sitting there with her five thousand dollar fridge, and we're all in the corner downloading free apps. <laughs> <laughs> Does your apps even make balls, Amanda? I don't think so. If you think I'm not also downloading free apps, you're very wrong. <laughs> It's called CapCut. Oh, I've seen this. I have not. No, Tegan, it's the one on TikTok where you know all the memes with the person standing in the boat. Oh, yes, I do know that. Yes. That's thank you. That is made with CapCut. Got it. I don't know anything other than that though. <laughs> <laughs> That's given me the perfect basis. CapCut is a video editing app and I've found it so incredibly useful for making TikToks. It's actually owned by ByteDance, which is also the parent company for TikTok. Okay. So there is a bit of synergy there. So I'd say if you want to make TikToks, like good quality TikToks, not just like my TikToks, the dodgy (laughs) ones that I make, yeah. (laughs) If you want to get a bit fancy with it, I'd recommend checking out this app because it gives you way more control than you do in the TikTok app itself. So do you record it in this app or are you putting like previously filmed stuff into the app? Like how does it work? Yeah, you import your videos from your camera reel and you can actually also separate audio from video. So let's say there's an audio that's gone viral and you want to use it. You can download that video from TikTok, extract the audio and then put it in in CapCut. Oh, cool. Yeah, that's super useful. Why would they not just implement these more flexible features for video editing into TikTok itself. It's the same parent company. (laughs) Just put it in TikTok because editing in TikTok is a nightmare. It's so bad. Yeah. Is this app asking for permissions to access areas of your phone and data that TikTok doesn't (gasps) so that ByteDance can turn around and say that TikTok isn't collecting any of this information, but CapCut is? Oh, my God. God. And then they can just collate it together. I have no basis for this. I am just riffing here. (laughs) Nah, that's a good paranoid question. Good question. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) I don't remember exactly what permissions CapCut asked for. That's exactly what they want. That's what they want. (laughs) They own Ray's fridge. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) But as far as I can recall, I don't think they asked for anything like that. Like they don't need access to your camera or anything. I just give them access to the videos that I'm actually uploading. Ah, good. Yes. So I'm not really concerned. Amanda is a deeply paranoid person. So if she hasn't had any like red flags come up, I'm going to say it's probably okay. It's true. She's a space lawyer. So she's been trained to be paranoid. No, Of course. Correct. You read all the terms and conditions, don't you, Amanda? Yeah. (laughs) I like how she doesn't refute that. She's like, yes. No, she does. (laughs) But today I spent ages reading like a 78, 79 page document that I think I was supposed to just sign and not think about, but I read it. (laughs) I love that so much. That's all of the documents. Yeah. (laughs) I love that about you, Amanda. Something that I really love about this app is that it actually makes me want to make TikToks because it's got all (laughs) of these cool like features and filters. Like, I don't know if you can see it, but for example... Hang on, I'm just trying to... Is that me? Yeah, that's you. What? That's you. <laughs> Are you making a TikTok of Tegan? Right now? <laughs> She's putting filters on I've you. I've got a... There's a filter there that puts a sensor bar over your <gasps> eyes. Oh, over our eyes? <laughs> oh. 
Oh, these are really cute. There's this one here that puts hearts behind you. You have undersold this, Amanda. I'm thinking yeah. it's like little giffy stickers like you can get on Instagram or something. These are like full effects. These yeah. are full like green screen-esque backgrounds and obviously AI-driven components for the video editing as well, which makes sense seen as ByteDance is actually an artificial intelligence company. That's true. And so like... All those are cool and you're saying it's free. Is it like a freemium style app? Like is there a paid version of it where you can get even better stuff? Like what's the the deal there? I haven't seen any paid features. So there might be something hidden deep inside there. <laughs> but from what I've seen, it's all free. Okay, that's good. Yeah, when you're not paying for a product... You are the product. They're getting something out of you. Always. That's true. They're getting you to make more TikToks. Yeah. (laughs) But you want to make more TikToks anyway, so it's a win-win. And you should follow the queens of the drone age over on TikTok. (laughs) (laughs) So I have a bit of an unsanctioned six-monthy that I'm presenting you with. (laughs) A long-term review, you could say. Mm, Indeed, indeed. I don't know about this one. Tegan, you're going to have to make your case here. Right. (laughs) It's that I have too many things in my shame pile. (laughs) I think that's good enough. Tech pile of shame. The fact that you highlighted your shame, I think, really (laughs) gets it over the line. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) I appreciate the understanding. So uh, for about six months or so now, I've been playing with intermittently between other things on my ears. I've uh, been playing with the Jabra Elite 5. Oh, okay. Wireless noise-canceling earbuds. So I know you're a bit of a Jabra fan. Yeah. In my mind, because I've only used like two, I would say, cheaper end Jabra products before. And so in my mind, they're cheap headphones. What kind of price point are we talking about here? You're absolutely right. And I actually put in my notes that I've been a Jabra convert since the three. So it's, it's still relatively new. I'd say the last 18 months that I've really actually tried them properly and that's because the three came in at like $119 super cheap but slapped for that price point like I wouldn't shut up about it these are a little bit pricier at $219 because they do have active noise cancellation in there so certainly cheaper than the likes of you know Apple Sony Sunheisers that really mess in that space as well but I would say that I'm a fan. I've really been enjoying them over the last six months in between trying other earbuds. Is it a very, like, good for its price point or is it just good? I'm going to answer that. (laughs) I think it's just good because (laughs) at the end of the day, 219 is not cheap, right? It is cheap compared Mm. to those high-end ones, but I was really happy. I would say that the active noise cancellation is certainly not the best in class, especially when it's those more premium brands that really lead the way with that, but... I think it was just fine for blocking out things like your regular office sound, but it wouldn't do things like block out the really aggressive techno at my gym, for example. <laughs> like there would still be some filtering in there or you've got a really loud truck that goes past. Or if you're on a plane, you're probably still going to get a little bit of that rumbling from yeah. the engine, things like that. But I think it was perfectly fine for what it is. And we do know there is a lot of people out there, including some of us that don't rate ANC as like the most valuable thing when it comes to earbuds. So I think it's fine for people like that. And of course, you can also have pass-through mode if you don't want ANC anyway. Now, Tegan, yourself and I famously have tiny ear holes. How comfortable (laughs) are these? (laughs) 
That's actually my favorite thing. I always find Jabra to be super comfortable and the Elite 5 are no different. They actually look really hot too. They're these beige and gold colors. I really like it. It's something different to your standard like... <laughs> beige is hot? Beige and gold. <laughs> beige and gold. All right, Kim Thank Kardashian. <laughs> yeah. I, I God, it, you know what? It is, it is Kim Kardashian beige actually. Oh my God, you're absolutely right. It kind of is. They're chic, all right? Uh, it's like you saw the series of Beats in-ears that she yes. released, right? Quick tangent. That were three different shades of beige. <laughs> I didn't know there was three of them. Oh, my God. I thought it was all the same. Amazing. There is a gold sheen to these as well to differentiate Ooh. them from the Beats. <laughs> so that's good. <laughs> so super comfortable, but I would say they don't feel quite as secure as AirPods or any of those kind of stemmed earbuds like I've always mm, really liked mm. that that being said they've never fallen out and I've done things like you know running on a treadmill that kind of thing so these are a pebble design that's right exactly so slightly different yeah. so really comfortable but you know doesn't feel as secure as the likes of airpods the other cool thing was that there was eight hours of continuous playback and I found that to be pretty accurate so that's been really cool and if I need to top up the charging I can do so with like any USB-C cable we love a USB-C yes. moment and the other feature that I really loved is that it does have multi-device pairing as well. So if I want it to be paired to, say, my phone as well as my laptop, that is no problem whatsoever. So, yeah. So pretty clever. Yeah, pretty clever. Decent price point again. Not the cheapest in market, but I think it's a good solution if you're happy with more of a mid-range ANC wireless earbud that's not going to cost you four to $500. I think it's also really good to chat about these other kind of earbuds because, you know, obviously Apple and Sony and maybe to a lesser degree Bose and Sennheiser absolutely dominate the market, that sometimes you miss the good stuff that might go on a really good sale. Yes. Absolutely right. And I find that with Jabra as well. You can pick them up at pretty decent price points if you are shopping those sales, especially online. So I definitely rate them. I've been a big fan for a while. Once again, vindicated <laughs> in my opinions. So I am in rural Victoria at the moment because we're house-sitting for Taya's parents. This is a long anecdotal way of um, <laughs> introducing my product, but you're going to listen to it because it's been a while since we've caught up. All right. I'm wondering if we're getting there, but sure. <laughs> uh, we will get there in a meandering fashion, much like the <laughs> meandering road trip that we took to get out here in rural Victoria. Oh. I love it. I love it. Nice segue. Well done. Well done. Yes. Thank you. Thank you very much. Which is all to say, Taya is currently on her P's. She is not allowed to use her phone while driving. So I bought her a GPS so that she can get where she wants to go without having to worry about directions. I didn't actually know that you couldn't use your phone whatsoever on your P's. I thought it was a similar thing. Like as long as you're not touching it when you're driving, which you should never do. So she can't even have it like in a holder if she's got maps or something up. Dude, you are not even allowed to play music from it, even if it's like in a glove box. You could stick it like in the boot and it's going via Bluetooth and that's technically still not allowed. Not allowed. Whoa. Yeah, not allowed. All right. Wow. No nuance in this law. Yeah, it's actually bonkers. And it's something that really peeves me off because I think one of the most dangerous things about driving is if you don't know where you're going. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And not everyone has the ability to purchase a whole second device in order to know where they're going. And 
honestly, it's kind of stupid. These things are expensive. They're really pricey. And they have a singular purpose. Yeah. Yes, it's dumb. I like, there was a part of me that was really mad that I had to do this. <laughs> but then there was another part of me that was like, oh, different tech that I get to look at. <laughs> I'm really excited to hear about whatever it is that you bought. I have a feeling I know what brand it is because most people have it. Because most of my experience of GPSs, because I actually haven't tested a lot myself, has just been through back in the day watching a lot of that Aussie dash cam driving YouTube yeah. channel because they all have them, <laughs> which is a cooked channel. It's hilarious. So I'm, I'm looking forward to your opinions. <laughs> so this is something that I purchased myself. So you know me, I did a buttload of research into it. Is there a spreadsheet? No, there wasn't a spreadsheet. It was all in my brain. Oh, wow. Okay. Your brain's the spreadsheet. Yeah. Holiday mode. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I only do spreadsheets when I'm like it's numerous products or I'm like really deliberating. Usually I can whittle it down pretty quickly. So I went with the Garmin Drive Smart 76. Reasons I went with this is basically it's well reviewed. I wanted to go something bigger than a five inch screen. You can get GPSs for like 150, 120 bucks, but they're only in a five inch screen, which I think is too small. Five inches is too small. <gasps> Tegan! It's not the size that counts, <laughs> it's how you use it. Uh huh. How did you use this gadget, Brad? <laughs> <laughs> it is the size that counts if I have to squint to see the little pictures of the road. So it's like the size of your palm, isn't it? Like, I guess it depends on how big your hand is, but... I mean, honestly, that's a really bad way to measure anything because people's hands are all different yeah. sizes. <laughs> yeah. It's probably a bit... Well, for my palm, I'd say it's a bit bigger than my palm. I'd say it's about to my, like, second knuckle. I find in general that if you stare at people's hands, you can tell how big their GPSs are. <laughs> I always measure things without actually measuring them by remembering how long a six-inch sub is at Subway. That's a great measuring system. I love that. Yeah. So a six-inch sub is like this. So that's six inches. No, it's not. It's stupid. Yes, it is. I've never had a sub from Subway. I've eaten so many that I could tell you exactly how large they are. So We are getting deeply <laughs> off track and this wouldn't happen if you all had a GPS oh, in front of you to take you in the direction it. that we're going. We don't need it. We're not in our peas. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Yes, please continue with what you actually got and how big it actually is. So the other one that people say is really good is the TomTom Tom Go. That is harder to get in Australia and it's much more expensive than the Garmin. Mm -hmm. Another reason I went Garmin. I have had a TomTom Tom in the past and the first thing that stuck out to me was how much I missed the TomTom Tom mounting system. They actually have a dock that always stays in and the power plugs into the dock and oh. you can magnetically remove the unit Ooh. so that you don't leave it in the car when it's hot and things like that. Oh, I love that. So good. Love that. So you're not having to unplug things and have cords everywhere. Yeah, great. Exactly, which means you can route it really nice and neatly Ooh. and just leave it there. That's hot, like genuinely. Garmin doesn't have that. You just got to plug it in and out, which kind of sucks, but that's fine. Yuck, though. Mm. It's like once you taste knock-knock fridge, you can't go back to regular fridge. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. <laughs> what are you going to do? Open the door to see what's inside? <laughs> You've had a taste of the wow. high life. You can have one type of ice. <laughs> 
Oh, oh. I don't want anything but round oh. ice now, honestly. <laughs> Ball ice for me, perfectly clear. <laughs> Only three times every 22 hours, though, thank you. <laughs> but the Garmin does also have a voice assistant, which is okay. only okay. <laughs> it works sometimes. She's not great, but it is handy to, like, be able to occasionally ask to go somewhere without your hands. Stunning review so far, which is to say that, no, it isn't quite as good as a smartphone in many ways, but some of the things that it does do that, like, Google Maps doesn't that I really liked is it gives you information on the next, like, rest stop, petrol station, and restaurant on the side, which is cool. And it has real directions, which is, like, turn left at the... Gas station at the 7-Eleven, turn left. Oh, that's cool. At the next traffic light, turn right. Yes. Yeah, landmarks. Nice. I do really like that. It is handy. And it does 3D maps in like city areas, which for some reason just works better for my brain. That slaps. That is really handy because in city areas, it's really hard to see when there are going to be little roads to turn off into. So having it as a full 3D map would be really handy. I like that. I like that a lot. Yeah. I do like that. And it has also made me realize that Google Maps likes to split up the roads too much. If there's like a traffic island on a road next to a roundabout, heaven help you. (laughs) Because Google Maps will make that look like the most batshit insane thing. (laughs) And I'm like terrified coming up to it. Thankfully, the Garmin is a little bit more forgiving on things like that. Although I don't like that the line, the driving line is magenta. I find it harder to like read. Ah. And also if you set multiple stops and you've already driven over a piece of road, it doesn't change color enough for you to be like, that's definitely not the way I need to go now. You know what I mean? Okay, yeah, that would be confusing for me. It doesn't have like a colorblind mode or something? Not that I've found. I did see a video on YouTube saying that you could like, basically hack it to download different map types that will change the driving line but that sounds like a lot of work yeah it sucks to have to like github something like that for your um garmin (laughs) that would suck i have a question so one of the big pet peeves that i have with like inbuilt navigation when i'm reviewing cars is that a lot of the time besides the fact they tend to not look as nice as say google maps is that if they're not up to date you're kind of in trouble because a lot of time it won't have like new streets or estates or whatever. How does it work with ones like Garmin? Like, do you have to take it in somewhere special to like download it or can you just like plug it into your computer or something? This is an excellent question and something that I deeply researched before getting the unit. (laughs) Love it. It does appear to have lifetime free maps. I haven't had it for a lifetime. So will that ever stop being a thing? I don't know. (laughs) But it updates automatically via Wi-Fi if you come into range of like a known Wi-Fi network. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, I like that a lot. That's sick. Obviously very cool. Not quite as good as it just automatically updating because it's your phone and it's always attached to like the internet or mobile data. But you know... We have to make concessions given the, in my opinion, overwrought laws regarding P platers and phone usage. So I guess that would be potentially another disadvantage, unless there's ones that are way more advanced where it won't have like live traffic stuff. It does have live traffic if you 
use the app and you like pair it via Bluetooth to your phone. But she can't because she's not allowed to. <laughs> I don't know whether that counts. That would count. I assume it does. It would have to because yeah. it's similar to like if you're playing your music through the card, right? There's no nuance in this law. So it's if you're using your phone, you're using your phone. Yeah, absolutely. And I I get it from the standpoint of like it's really easy to be like, we're going to be tough on P-platers using their phones because it causes crashes, which it does. But there needs to be nuance, man. It's pretty silly. So, yes, you can get live traffic information. When I've used it, I've found it isn't as up to date as Google Maps. Oh, actually, she's crazy. Dude, she will, like, take you on another route to save 10 seconds. Sick. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I, you know what? I love that. She goes buck wild. For the drama, that's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> but it doesn't take into consideration like having to stop at an intersection and wait for a gap. That's like malicious compliance. I love her. <laughs> oh, you want to get there faster? Okay. Let's go. She's like, cut through that 7 Eleven. Like, just drive through the corner. <laughs> I have done that actually. <laughs> Apparently, in some states, that's illegal. Yes, it is. <laughs> Which is so silly. Again, yeah. another very silly law. We're just expected to know these laws. No one teaches them. It's the same thing as cutting through like a jeweler that's on the corner in a mall, like because it's always jewelers, and you cut through that open thing just save two seconds. They're like, "This is private property. Get out! If you don't buy something, you can't use our thoroughfare." That reminds me also, and I'm gonna pose this question: If any listeners know. Is it legal to have P or L plates on your vehicle if you're a fully licensed driver in New South Wales? I know it's illegal in Victoria and you can get fined for it. And I think demerit points, but I can't find any information as to whether or not you're allowed in New South Wales. I feel like... I don't know, firstly, and also this could be wrong, but I feel like because I had my P's <laughs> till like quite late. I essentially got off my P's when I started reviewing cars for Gizmodo because it was really embarrassing going to do laps down in Adelaide where they had to put P's on the cars in front of all the auto journalists. <laughs> but that's besides the point. I feel like at some point I was looking into this. I don't know why, but like maybe in the very least in New South Wales, if you do have them on the car and it does not matter if you're a fully licensed driver, you at least have to still adhere to whatever limits are placed on P plate is because you have it on the car. Yeah, That might be wrong, but I feel like I remember that being a thing. I would, again, like you said, love listeners to chime in and correct all. If you know what's up. It's like putting those weights on you in Naruto. <laughs> <laughs> I actually tried ringing New South Wales police to ask them about it, and the line rang out like six times. They don't have time for you. <laughs> they have a general inquiries line. Don't have the line if you don't want to do the time. Anyway, besides the point, back to live information. The one thing that I wish it was better at is live information about speed traps because I find it really satisfying to see it on the map and then pass it and go, yes, it is there. Yeah, I, no, I agree with that. It feels like a game. Anything that basically lets you know where the cops are makes me really happy and it's why I think that honestly... <laughs> There is nothing more Australian, especially when it's like Christmas time or sometimes it's like double demerit situations where it's that Aussie thing of like flashing your lights to like let someone know if mm. there's like a speed cop, and which I know is illegal. You're not meant to do it, but <laughs> honestly, like that is, there's nothing more Aussie than that. That's what you do. That's mateship on Australian roads is avoiding speed traps. 
the spirit of Ned Kelly. Absolutely. <laughs> In every little wave of the thank you, that is Ned Kelly's spirit. Absolutely. <laughs> so, yeah, look, I'm fairly happy with this thing. It served me pretty well. It did cost me over $300. Oh, and Google Maps is free. Yep. On a device that she already owns. Oh. But I'm a little law-abiding nerd. And so it's worth it for my wife to be safe. It's annoying, though, that she'll have to deal with that for like three years. That sucks. I'm kind of glad about it because it means I'm going to get my $300 worth. <laughs> <laughs> And on that fiscally responsible note, that is it for our inaugural 2023 episode of Queens of the Drone Age. Thank you for joining us for another year. I'm assuming that it's going to be for the whole year. And thank you, Queens, for continuing to put up with me. Oh, come on. <laughs> if you want to know more about what we chatted about in this episode, check out our show notes over at queensofthedroneage.com. And if you just can't get enough of the Queens and you want to support the show, we do have that shiny new Patreon and newsletter for you to subscribe to. You can find all of the details and tiers in the link in our show notes or by searching us directly over at Patreon. If you'd like a free way to help us out, why not leave us a lovely five-star review on your podcast app of choice? Queens of the Drone Age abides by the MEAA Journalist Code of Ethics. Any opinions we have are our own and are not for sale. Queens of the Drone Age is made by us. Our artwork and branding was conjured to life by the talented Taya Godson and her pea plates. And this episode was edited by a wizard known as Slam Blacker over at the Podcast Butler. Don't forget to follow us on socials, which are going to be even better now that Amanda found a really good app. And you can find us over on Twitter, TikTok, and Instagram at Queens of the Drone Age. Have a fabulous rest of your week, and we'll see you in the future. Can we stop saying that Sam is our editor and just say that our man queen, Sam Blacker, <laughs> is in the room with us now? I, I didn't even stop recording and I hope you didn't that he heard that. And yes, we can. <laughs> Hi, Sam. <laughs> Welcome back. <laughs>